Welcome to another episode of The Brett Bailey Show, where I find inspiring men to share their story, impart their wisdom, and hopefully change your life and the whole masculine culture at large. If you're somebody who wants to be free of their deepest fears, find real emotional freedom, and attract the life of their wildest dreams, then you're listening to the right podcast. So without further ado, let's dive into another episode. Welcome back, everybody, to another awesome episode of The Brett Bailey Show. I'm here today with Ben Curtis. He works with men and takes them from self-sabotage to self-care, which is something that you guys know I talk about this a lot. We need this more than mostly anything in the masculinity movement and culture is more self-care for men. Um, He has experience in the theater and acting scene, and I'm going to dive into that with him today. But we're just going to find ways that you and me and all of us as men can change the culture and really bring more self-care and love and enjoyment into our lives. So please welcome Ben Curtis. Woo! Thank you. <laughs> I had to give you more of a theatrical introduction because love you know, it. you're a theater guy. That was awesome. Well, you do have like a giant painting behind you. So <laughs> it's going to be kind of weird if you're like not artistic, um, which mm-hmm. I actually believe we all are. So I'm glad we're talking about all of that. That's also why I have all this stuff behind yes. me because this is a lot of this is my world and it really helps me even visually to see it behind me sometimes to remember where I come from and what's important to me. And so there's stories about everything, but, um, there's, you know, my bands up here, a play I was in time. I got arrested. That's my mugshot in the news. (laughs) This is the success right before. And this is like one of my favorite soccer players. Um, because I, soccer was a big part of my life growing up Mm. and, um, just being out, like the joy this guy feels, that's like how I feel when I'm outside in the woods (laughs) or something Um, or like in the ocean. I, I'm like that too. So the only thing that's missing is like a surf shot, I think maybe. (laughs) Yes. It'll be the next step. 2023. That's right. Um, well, yeah, it's an honor to be here. I'm really grateful and to talk about, um, men's health and mental health and, and what matters to us. Yes, me too. I'm very grateful to be sharing this space with you as well. It's an important conversation. And I want to start the conversation with what you initially opened with, which is that we are all artistic. That mm. We all have this side to us. And I can tell you from personal experience that I felt not artistic from experiences mm. when I was probably about 13, 14 years old, where I would get graded on my art projects or I, I sucked at playing the clarinet in band class. And so like, I just felt like I, I'm just not an arts guy. I'm, I'm yeah. more sports. I just, a belief and an identity that was shaped, but it blocked me from my real creativity. And, and I'm still work. I, I'm, I have a lot of work to do here. I feel to tap back into my artistic side and creativity. Mm. And I would just love for you, Ben, to start us off with the importance um, before we, before you share how to tap into creativity, I think it might be important for some of the men to realize why it may be important and valuable to them to tap into their creative and artistic side, just so they don't view it as just some, I mean, why would I spend a Sunday afternoon painting? Or why would I spend, you know, my Thursday night learning guitar or whatever it might be? Mm. Why is it important we tap back into this part of ourselves? Great, great question, Brett. So, um, you know, I've, I love having this conversation. I, so I had a business called soul fit nyc and um it was the first like my wife and i had a company together before we were married i remember her being afraid of like getting married and i was like honey (laughs) i can't even say it was straight face now i was like we're in business together that's like more than a more than people see their own like husband or wife you know we're like really (laughs) committed like financially and energetically (laughs) and like out in the world like we're it'd be kind of like we broke up right now it'd be like kind of complicated you know (laughs) 
so um and she was like well we can't live together you know and so it was fun so um i got to honor that but um you know one thing we we really stood in is that we both serve creative professionals and so so many people would be like oh well that's not me and i love to talk to i had this conversation recently with a um with a um an engineer but it was specifically a um what's like the most impressive kind of engineer you could be like a, um, like um, an architect engineer or electrical or um... some like biodynamic oh, like okay, gotcha. huge okay, cool. scale something engineer and and she was like well i'm not i'm not artistic and i said oh well what what makes you think that and she said oh well because like i'm an engineer and i said oh so or she said i'm not creative right and i said so um so there's no creativity in your job at all, right? Like even like could math and science even be creative? I mean, mm-hmm. the first part of science is you create a hypothesis, right? The scientific method is you start with a hypothesis. So some right. humanness is involved in all of these things. So I really love to argue, like you even said, um, I love to argue for people's creativity. So you said, yes. you know, when I was this age, like I got this grade and I sucked at this instrument, so therefore I wasn't creative or yes. I wasn't artistic, right? Because yes. my first question is, who told you that you weren't? Yes. Um, a grade is a certain kind of learning with a certain kind of style with a certain person giving an objective, a, a subjective perspective. Subjective, yes. Yes. And based on what their system is telling them to do, like whatever yes. the system of that schooling is, right? And so, um, one thing I'm really for right now is working in this community. I live in Rhinebeck, New York, and what brought me here is this incredible, and it's a village of 800 people. It's north of New York City, but there's only 800 people in this village. Wild. In this village is a school called Primrose Hill School, and it's in the forest on a farm, and mostly outside, although they have buildings, and it's a Waldorf school. So kids really learn together. They learn to nurture each other. They learn self-reflection. They learn community. It's a neurodiverse campus. So they, they acknowledge all people, no matter what spectrum or box you told you belong in mentally and also financially. So they give scholarships to families who can't afford the education so that they can socioeconomically really represent and, and bring education and this development to all people. And that's something so that's beautiful. totally missing, yes. right? But all these kids are learning that they're creative, right? So you, we were, I was, I just, I'm so jealous. I don't go to the school. I'm like, yeah. you know, you could, you can't be older than they're 12 there, right? So unfortunately, <laughs> I mean, internally, maybe we are, but what I love is I get to go teach there and be with these kids and really mm-hmm. they teach me. And um, like my band is playing a, a Dirty May is playing a huge gala fundraiser for them this, this Saturday night. Nice. And um, this for me is all about self-care and creativity. So every single one of us, even even how we survive on a day-to-day basis is extremely creative and artistic. Um, yes. If you think about your life, this is the one thing I really love that helps me tap into my creativity is, is before we get to that question, but if you think about your life, you know, a lot of people are really thinking about this mountain they're climbing or getting to the certain place. And once you're there, then all the other stuff can't get to you. Right. You're like up on that, like, you can't touch me. You know, the more money you have, like now they're flying to space and buying, you know, property out there. Like you can't touch us from here. Right. Right. But um, I like to think of life as this just big giant canvas. And while people may come and poop on it and blow it up, sometimes 
we can we're all still adding to it and everything yes. we do every action what we tell ourselves each other um the actions we take out in the world really i think belong to this canvas and that we can every yes. day who we are can be creative um yeah so that's really what i believe about creativity and who we yes. are and yes. why it's so important to nurture that um so i just you know before you beat yourself up it or anything or say I'm not that maybe I like to bring curiosity to it and, yes. and the tool I know is like well who told me that I wasn't creative like where did I learn that yes. and what if that's not true like my wife was told she wasn't a great singer and stopped singing for a long time but when we met we met making music together and it now she's the lead singer of our band she's an incredible singer-songwriter just because she finally gave herself permission that maybe what if I could be a good singer, right? Like you sucked yes. at uh, a clarinet. Like everyone sucks at clarinet when they start. Everyone sucks at guitar. No one picks it up. And it's just like, you know, there, <laughs> it, there's there's really intricate dynamics. We just have certain mastery and we've practiced doing yes. other things well. You practice yes. playing sports more is more accessible and you had more permission to play sports as a boy. Yes. So you had more fact, hours. Not even just permission, but even rewarded for playing sports oh, as, yeah. as a man. Oh, yeah. So you had like, if you look at the 10,000 hours equals mastery, think of all those hours you got to do that. You weren't like rewarded and all your friends weren't running around every day like, like, dude, you come over. We got to play clarinet right now. Like, <laughs> you know, it's so it really is like where we spend time and what we're I love that you said what we're rewarded for. My God. So if we're just trying yes. to please our parents and trying to survive and we're just like, oh, wow. OK, you reward me for this. This is great. I mean, that's kind of how I got into acting because I learned how to avoid so much drama by being bigger than or creative, you know, and in, in developing these things. But. I was just being rewarded for this behavior and it was really fun. But at some point, you know, it, 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 it didn't last, right? What, like I had to still figure out who I was. Yes. And I, I find that things that don't last, like you said that so beautifully, I find that what I'm hearing from you that it didn't last because it wasn't really you and mm. that things that aren't truthful don't last. Mm. Um, I think there's a lot of power to that. Um, I want to stay on create creativity for a second because I think that creativity for me, and I think for all of us, isn't just an experience I had at 13 or 14 years old, but there was a study that was done that uh, on three-year-olds and then on college graduates. And it was, uh, the statistics went like this. 98% of these three-year-olds were tested as creative geniuses. Guess, how, guess what percentage college graduates were tested as creative geniuses? Three. 2%. Two, yeah. exactly. <laughs> yeah, three was generous, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> so, so 2% of college graduates. So what happens in between? And the guy that did this huh. study, his, his whole piece on the matter was the creative energy that flows through us, the aliveness of the body. When we're very young, we don't really get taught by our parents to sit with it. In fact, sometimes we get, we get shamed for the aliveness of our body, the emotional expression, mm. the, yeah, really the expression of all yeah, that. Yeah, sit down, be quiet, put your hands down, like sit on sit your hands. Sit in the hands, corner, like, stop being angry. Yeah. You know, be a good boy, be a good girl. Yeah. And all if you it. had like a lot of energy, my God, you're, you're screwed. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> exactly. You're in trouble all the time, which was the story of my childhood. Oh, interesting. Okay. I want to come yeah. back to that in a, in a second. Actually, maybe right after this, um, because there's one more piece of this study. I'm following you, man. 
Okay, cool. Oh, yeah, the right. study's great. Yeah, keep going. All on right, this. I'll lead the yeah, way with yeah. the study. Here we this. go. <laughs> this is fun. Um, and and so um, basically, his premise was the aliveness of the body was too much to handle comfortably. So we learned to repress the aliveness. We learned to repress the, our feelings and sensations. And this guy's work and my work is, is breath work. I haven't really brought my breath into helping people access creativity as much, hmm. but using breath to really bring the aliveness back to the body, get comfortable with it and then go into some sort of creative flow. Yeah. And so like what- Well, well you and you're not, not using breath work to unleash people's creativity. I mean, you may have not intentionally done mm, that, but- True. That's uh, whatever comes out of that is you've literally created new life in your brain and oxygen in your body. Hmm. Thank you. So for that, that alone is creative. Yeah. I appreciate that. Thank you. Um, and so for you coming back to your journey, what can you look at at your childhood that you feel suppressed your creativity and what was, how did you overcome that? Like what, what was your process been to overcome blocks in your creativity or your expression overcoming the fear of people seeing you for who you really are. What, what would tell us about that journey? There's probably a lot there. Hmm. Um, so, so what were the, so what were the times where I was really blocked from being creative and, and how did I overcome that? Okay. I'm gonna try to, cause my brain's already like, <laughs> I had an, um, I interviewed an ADHD coach yesterday and ever since then my brain is just going <laughs> wild because <laughs> I felt so gotten and, um, it was so cool as she really encourages creativity as, as, as self-care. It's like such a part of who she even live music. I met her in music festival. So I've just been thinking oh, about yeah. these things. Wow. Yeah. Um, so I'll tell you like, so my, so really quick, my, I'm from the South. I'm from Chattanooga, Tennessee. I was born and raised there. My family has been in the South for many, many, many generations. However, my parents were the black sheep of their families. My dad was an Episcopalian minister and my mom was a school teacher, but they were the most open-minded people um, I had I, around anywhere. And my sister was like, a, she was amazing. She was like protesting and recycling before anyone thought it was cool. Um, awesome. so that was very rare in my upbringing. Um, my parents traveled a lot, which was rare internationally, especially for Southerners landlocked. We spent time by the ocean a lot. We spent time with different, um, people in different kinds of neighborhoods and, and, and financial backgrounds. So there was, I had a very extraordinary upbringing in that sense. Um, and both my parents are very creative. My dad, once he retired, became a painter he used to be a dancer. He played guitar for me. My mom wow. was a French teacher, but um, I just, I don't know. She, I, I just knew that she was creative. I, I can't tell you why. And then sure enough, after she retired, she started painting and I found out that she used to be a great dancer too. She just doesn't talk about it. Um, hmm. um, so, and then my sister also did a lot of arts and was a dancer. Um at her time too. So, um, it was around me and I went to a school that also nurtured, uh, it was, it was in an Episcopal church, but it, it was called the St. Nicholas school. It still exists today. And all the kids, we celebrated, uh, every holiday, like Baha'i, Jewish, Kwanzaa, um, Hindu, all, all different things. And then we also learned at our own pace. 
So um, I had a lot of nurturing for that and the fact that I had some what some people called learning disabilities. It was just strengths in other areas and weaknesses and, and different mm-hmm. ones. Um, yeah. Like I didn't learn my multiplication tables till I was in my like like 10 or 11, but then I ended up in honors math in, in high school, but then I failed it at the end because the, the test taking didn't work for my brain. Um, mm. So to answer your question, uh all of the ways i was really repressed was um so i had so much energy my parents didn't really know so i was they did a good job of sending me outside a lot but um uh and they did my mom did a good job of of also telling me to like talk about my feelings and to and nurture and encourage my sensitivity so i had and my dad's a really sensitive dude and ended up becoming one of the first priest in the southern diocese to come out as a homosexual man and that wow and when he beautiful. was 50 and also in the south so that was not cool then um it's probably wouldn't even still probably a lot of people would get pushed back for it now but um he was able to find himself my parents were able to find themselves separately and still we i feel like we had to act you know, especially around church, like act perfect, keep things down. Like when we were out, yes, it was like being presentable. Um, like just total, like be a good boy culture. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And like my dad had this really extreme temper that would come down and I, I felt like he was trying to control me a lot. I would be acting out a lot at night and I was told that. So I would get, um, you know, spanked a lot. Uh, I would, um, I was in trouble all the time, even at that school where we could like had oh, some really? freedom. Oh yeah. Like, cause I was still disruptive or talking. I had what you might call ADHD now. Like I had a very hyperactive system that didn't, that needed to be used. I didn't need to sit all day. Right. And so these kids yeah. get to be outside a lot here. Um, I needed more of that. Right. I needed to be in my body yeah. more. Um, and so, uh, I think even in those ways, um, even in thinking that I had to believe what my family believed, um, I had to, and that includes financially that like, here's another thing where I was held back was that like, you can't do what you love and make a lot of money doing it. So basically if I chose like artist or creative or helping others that I was going to not be rich and I shouldn't be rich, that would be like selfish and bad and my parents were in positions of service always where they it wasn't about the money so for me it was like that was a miss and then also i got into karate at one age and uh i used to (laughs) but that started feeling like that was getting out of hand and so that was like taken away and things were taken away sometimes when i would get in trouble and suddenly rules would change um my my mom would curse sometimes, but I'd get in trouble for it at other kids' houses. So I felt like there I, I had this inner expression that wanted to come out, and our school did a good job of nurturing that. I had some mentors that did a good job of nurturing that. But there was, I think, just in the Southern white yeah. Christian culture alone, yeah. um, there was a lot of repression in that way. And it was all about, like, especially with grandparents and stuff, um, and elders uh just always being perfect and trying to please the family uh and so every like mm. even when i went chose acting 
um, as my major and I went to New York University. I was accepted one of these huge schools that um, my grandfather sat me down and said how I was basically yeah. betraying the family by yes. going to the school because yeah. I was leaving the South and leaving them. Um, and it was a burden, right? So it was a lot of mixed messages. That is a lot, brother. And mm -hmm. it, it's it's interesting to me that even though you're at a school that seems relatively open-minded mm -hmm. compared to other schools, that there is still a repression that happened in a really meaningful way for you. Well, I um, took that on. I, and who knows how much of that was present for them, but that's what that was my experience at least, right? Well, for sure. And I mean, not to compare trauma by any means, like it doesn't even matter what is the external, it matters what happens inside of you anyways. Yeah. So I got, no, I'm not trying to compare your trauma with anybody. Oh, here. yeah. Um, and, and let's, I sorry, I want to say one more thing. Yes. Um, because I know we've done a lot about that and we do look at our childhoods. My parents both had generations of depression and trauma on both sides of their family, like a lot of suicide. My mom's dad committed wow. suicide. There's a lot of that in our family. So while I just had a talk with my older sister recently and I was like, what the fuck happened in our family? Because I felt like I had a pretty awesome childhood. Yes. The really loving parents, even when I'm telling these stories, I'm like, wow, my parents were pretty cool. And I remind them of that. Um, she said it was emotional trauma. It was like there was this emotional abuse that, that was subtle and it was under the surface that I didn't know about. And so those are yeah. the things that we get programmed with that we're yeah. repressed by that we don't even know as adults. Yeah. And then we're just like, well, in relationships, well, what, what the is wrong with you? I don't know what's wrong with you. <laughs> you know, and then yes. it, and the cycle just continues, oh. right? Until we're willing yes. to face it and take responsibility for it. And so I really like to get curious where this comes from and how I can take responsibility for that. I mean, it is my responsibility not to pass this trauma on to a child or another person or my partner. Yes. So that is where my work comes in. I, I love that. And I wanna highlight something in your work because I was uh, just doing a, um, a group coaching session last night and there was this mm -hmm. woman that was there who was who like took responsibility for it's her responsibility to change it. But she also took on like all the fault of what happened to her when she was a kid. Hmm. And I was like, listen, when if a, if a, you know, a USA, soldier goes to vietnam he looks to his left and he sees his friend's head get shot off is it his fault that he's like that he comes back home and is anxious and mm. it's like no he didn't choose to see that in a sense like uh, and so what i saw in this woman was that she took responsibility but she also she didn't have responsibility with curiosity mm. she had responsibility with judgment and, and negative self-talk mm. and i want you to just highlight with me here this the, the emotional quotient of curiosity and the power of that, because there, there isn't, there isn't a coach or a therapist that has a lot of success that I've studied that doesn't have a curiosity in part of their formula. Hmm. And so I, I want to know like, why is curiosity so powerful and how do we differentiate from like really being vulnerable with ourselves and our inner child and being like, well, it wasn't my fault that my parents were like this, but it's my responsibility now to my hundred percent responsibility now to change it. Where do you find that balance and how would you help coach somebody through going into those depths and finding some sort of closure or um, wholeness from these experiences using this formula with curiosity? That is 
Awesome, Brett. What a great question. I feel like I want to just call myself a curiosity coach now or something. I'm always like, what do you call yourself, right? Let's go. Um, curiosity no one wants Curtis. to work with a life coach. Yeah, curiosity Curtis. That's great. <laughs> Curious George. Always related to that monkey. Um, I think I've always been generally genuinely curious which i find most children are and like you had said there's some point where we're kind of if we're not like if we don't get the right channels to sort of aim our energy or curiosity or creativity into it gets shut down right we get told well that's not right don't be curious about that like sex like don't get curious about that um <clears throat> or um or snm like don't get curious about that like you know all that stuff like or you know, um, sexuality, you know, any of those things that we're afraid of. So, um, I think what is, is so beautiful is, um, I want to talk about choice versus decision real quick. So I'm about to lead November 1st. I'm going to be leading it and we just launched it today. I'm really excited about an integrity tune up challenge with my friend and cohort, Daniel, Tuttle. He's in the provocative intuitive. He's an incredible healer and coach. Yeah. And um, we have a lot of fun together. So we're doing it's a 21 day challenge, 21 minutes a day, and it's twenty-one dollars for the whole for the whole thing. Yes. And we're just talking about tuning up integrity. And one of the things we look at is is choice versus decision. So mm-hmm. the the root word of decide is of killing. Of side is to kill, right? So yes. um, and then choice uh is literally choosing something so if you think about the weight and this is a great tool when when dealing with anything with choice in life or things you're grappling with is to think about what feels light and what feels heavy and Mm. daniel always says to to work towards moving in the light direction which i love um so Mm. uh there's a saying like if two if three bullfrogs are sitting on a lily and to to choose to jump how many remain well there's still three they've made the choice but Mm. they haven't killed off possibility so when you're literally deciding something there's sort of a root there's a heaviness it's a a finality and choice even the word has like an openness Mm. and um, it has a lighter space that literally allows you to access anything so for this is really good for trauma, especially. So this is not an overnight fix. This isn't something that you can just heal right away. But in order to heal, you've got to feel, right? In order to, mm-hmm. you know, there's no, the only way through it, around it is through it. So yeah. if there's something in your body that is coming up or feelings, they need to be felt in order to be processed. And so curiosity is the easiest most accessible free tool at all times because as soon as you get curious you can get curious about what else what else is possible what's right about the situation that i'm not getting how could this turn out better than i imagined is there something here that i can't see where did this come from um what do i want what is important to me what are my boundaries um and even with Mm. a partner so for trauma too, um, you know, your body may have a lot of different reactions and you can even get curious, like what's, what's going on with my body? Like, are these feelings mine 
or are they just relation to a trauma that my body is experiencing physiologically? It's telling me I'm not safe, but let me get curious about that. Am I safe? So I even have an exercise. It's um, how to, I think it's like how to cure depression in 60 seconds or less or something like that. It, obnoxious yeah. like that on my YouTube page, but it's this really fun exercise where you're just going through doing a body scan and then you just celebrate and you do it three times a day and you're literally asking yourself, I call it safe. Um, so the first one is security. Am I safe? A, acceptance. Do I love and accept myself? F, am I in fight, flight, freeze, or appease right now? And um, E, excite and embody. So I just remember to be like, Yay! like yeah. even if I stopped to think about what I'm feeling, I celebrate and, and as silly as mm. that is, it starts reprogramming your nervous system to, to say like, hold on, am I safe? Am yes. I okay? And then to celebrate that. So what that brings sound, body, mind, vibration, voice, and energy to you saying, thank you body for this awareness. Yes. And it'll train you to, to have more of it. So curiosity really unlocks trauma right like yes. what is going on like yes and when i have traumatic nightmares which is how my trauma um i i lived in ground zero during september 11th and so that's where a lot of the trauma comes from but there's also a lot of you know i've mentioned generational and such so my body really manifests it works it out in my dream life so yes. how I've been taught to rework it, and even some um, veterans, uh, anyone with PTSD usually experiences things like this. Reprogramming is I'll wake up in the morning. It's very real. It's as if I lived it all night long. And I just start thinking about it, and I bring it to my conscious and to my body just enough to think, now how could that have turned out like in a really fun way? Or like if there was a big tidal wave and I was stuck in the ocean, like, what if I just suddenly was on the coolest surfboard ever and I just caught this like amazing wave <laughs> yes. in and like all my friends were there to see it, you know, like something. And even I just smile for a second, but that starts to tell the brain that thinking that you just had that was so um, destructive and scary actually could have a different option. So you're literally yes. just... It's like you're taking the needle off of the record track that you've worn in really well, and you're just lifting it up and being like, what about that real quick? And it may not take yes. away from the groove you're used to going into of like, life sucks and this is scary, but at least you start to have access to other tracks that you can listen to, like to other yes. options. So curiosity oh, I love that. immediately brings choice and option to every, even the... Uh, Something I'm dealing with with my with my wife right now, where I crossed a boundary, and it had a repercussion. Where we're dealing with trust. Yes. All right. I didn't sleep with anyone else. It wasn't anything like that. Um, where it was just about like us creating safety and communication. And so the opportunity for curiosity for me to see is like what what else is there about this that I'm not getting? Yes. How could I grow from this? How could I learn? What is she, what is it really like for her right now? Like, what is she yes. really experiencing? How could, Oof. you know, like not even about me, like, could this be not about me? Could this also, like, could I really try to understand um, what this might be like for them? And that immediately Oof. opens new results. Yes. Uh, I, it doesn't I, I, fix I respect anything. You. 
No, yes, which is yeah. oftentimes a go-to strategy that men use in a relationship is they go to fix the problem. Well, they don't go what to we're curiosity taught. just to understand. Yeah, because that's what we're taught. And even in yes. school, like here's the solution. Here's the math problem. Here's the solution. It's not yes. like it's really important to get creative and curious. That's why I think creativity is so important. Yes, yes, I couldn't agree with you more. And there's a few things from that I want to highlight, which is as opposed to trying to find conceptual clarity, you know, people, especially I work with mainly guys in their, in their, um, you know, in their twenties. And so a lot of guys in their twenties, they're looking for their purpose, right? They're looking for clarity. Mm. And I think that oftentimes they look for conceptual clarity, but when you just focus on what's lighter, what's heavy, you don't need to have a concept, just move towards that and practice that faith. And I think that's a muscle we really need to develop um, as early as we can is just kind of intuitively finding what's light and what's heavy and following that. Because yeah. your body, your body knows, your your heart knows. You know, the, 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 the great saying, the mind guesses, the heart knows. Yeah. I love that saying. I love that. And um, and so I, I think it's important that we really highlight that piece because it's also a way that we tap into, I believe, creativity. Every exercise that there is to tap into the body or the heart to me is tapping into creativity. It's mm -hmm. tapping into the the potential that's there. Um, the other thing I want to highlight before I move on to the next question is the celebration ritual that you were saying. I love that. I wanted to just jump up and down and say, I, lo I love that. Um, you know, what gets uh, rewarded gets reinforced in the nervous system. Mm. And I don't think we celebrate enough. I really think that it should be a, a multi-day activity. You know, you take your, your take, you drink your water three times a day, you eat three meals a day. We should be celebrating three times a day, you know? And so I just wanted to really highlight that. Um, because you've added so much value today, Ben, like really, truly, I've, I've very much enjoyed this conversation. You're an amazing storyteller, by the way. Oh, um, it's you. been very, very great for me. Um, your energy is fantastic as well. And I'm not just saying this to stroke you, like really, it's been great. Um, and I want to <laughs> find one last question that I think is going to add value for uh, my audience, specifically because most of my audience, they're in their 20s, like I said, and they're still kind of searching for their purpose where I'm sure you don't feel like completely you have it all together all the time. Mm -mm. But at the same time, you know, you've, you've had lots of life experience. How old are you, by the way, Ben? I'm turning 42 in two weeks. Beautiful. And so you, you've actually had a lot of experience where you've been in theater. You have an amazing background and upbringing and such a beautiful perspective, I think, from your experience. What advice would you give to a 20-year-old, someone in their 20s, who is somewhat aware of things they like to do. They have some passions. Maybe they even know like, okay, I really want to do this, but they have fears. What's some, if you had to give one, maybe two max pieces of advice for them for how they can really start to cultivate a life that's true to them, what would you say? There's a lot of things. So I'm trying to think of mm -hmm. just one or two. Um, first thing that comes to mind is you have everything you need inside of you. Mm. What other people may yuck your yum, meaning like <laughs> poop on what you love. Yeah. But that little voice inside of you that especially the one that you may ignore or not let out as much Consider that especially in this day and age now, I think it's cooler than I would love to be 20 now with the possibility and, you know, there's still pressures. I don't want to deny that, but you can literally create a career out of anything that you can imagine. It's true. So whatever your heart desires, 
while you're in this stage of your life, go explore, get as curious and crazy and creative as your as your wildest heart dreams desire because you have a freedom, you have options, and you don't have to choose. You can try out so many different things. I have a friend, yeah. he just came out of a breakup and um, he's just another buddy's going to California and he lives in Maine, so he's gonna just go with them and maybe go live in Australia for a little while after that. And yeah. there's things he loves, but you, if you start pursuing the things you love, the universe is going to reward you for that, right? You're yeah. going to start attracting other people who are also doing that and mm. perhaps even find that vibration, find yourself even more. So the more you chase what you love, what's important to you, the more you're going to eventually, if you really are true to yourself, you're going to receive that vibration in return because every action has a reaction. And even if you stop people pleasing, people may stop being pleased at first, but while you follow your heart, what's mm -hmm. most important is that you're pleasing yourself and then you start to attract other people, new people with healthy boundaries who also honor that and, and do mm -hmm. those things for themselves. You know, I believe that's why we're here today, Brad, is because you invite and welcome and look for these, these conversations and, and, and with yourself and in your life. And so you've attracted other people who do the same. Yes. You know, and that's why it's so beautiful to get to talk to, uh, to you and to your audience about all this. Yes. Uh, thank you so much. It's a beautiful answer. I really love that answer. Mm. And um, I hope that um, you guys that are listening right now, you took in what Ben's saying. Um, and I hope that you can feel his energy and where he's coming from and you can sense his experience because there is a lot of value to be extracted here, like life-changing val uh, value to, to be extracted here. And I'm not, yeah. again, like it's just, it's I've so lived powerful. a lot of life I, and I've been through a lot of trauma and ups and downs. And you know, I was famous at at 20 years old. So yes. it was really scary. I had a lot of success. I was in school full time, I had a lot of money and I was miserable. Yeah. However, I kept following my dreams. Even when, you know, I was like on a commercial campaign and people are like, what are you doing? You're throwing away this and that. I had to go take care of myself. I stopped acting for a while. I got help. Yeah. I got curious. I thought I was going to die creatively without alcohol or suffering or booze but turns out like I started the band of my dreams later and my wife is in it and we actually it helps our relationship and we travel the country and, and the world we hold retreats every January in Costa Rica we're doing one this January it's called balance mm. guitar and it's awesome. January 7th through the 14th and we bring anyone whether you're a professional musician or you've just been curious about learning an instrument or you think you're horrible at guitar where you've never touched one. Um, you get a visceral embodied experience with an instrument that you'll leave having. You'll either be playing your favorite song or up leveling from where you were. And then you get daily yoga and meditation with me. There's a Tai Chi master who's a uh, professor of music at Berkeley. Um, his name's Freddie Bryant and Richard Miller. So there's, who's an, another amazing guitarist and surf instructor. So it's Ooh. a guitar yoga surf retreat. It's basically an embodied healing <laughs> fun experience. We so do all awesome. the things we love. And then we also give back to the land and the jungle that we um, are in. So it's really, really cool. And that's, 
you know, people ask how I do all these different things and how I'm also a coach and an actor and a musician and all the other stuff. And here's because I just I, I schedule it out. I make time for it. I have quite a bit of time to myself and my wife. I don't work at all on the weekends unless it's a music festival or a show for a band in which I love doing that. Um, so I just I give myself permission to do what I like. I it's it. like. If I wasn't doing what I love, that would lack integrity for me now. And I, it's because I practiced yes. it. So the earlier you start practicing going after things you love, my wife left advertising job. People thought she was insane to pursue acting, which they also thought she was insane. But then she started finding herself expression. And now she's a healer. She does uh, um, real estate singer investment. Song. She's yeah. And she's a singer-songwriter. And yeah. you know she does a lot of things and she gets to do what she loves too. So we've attracted each other. So we literally have mm. a foundation and a home built on being creative and doing what you love. And if one of us isn't doing what we love, we're that's, it's really important for us to support each other and in our creativity, both together and individually. Oh. So we also yes. have projects that are not together creatively. We tried not to be in a band together for a while, but <laughs> our chemistry is just too amazing. We're really, really good in a band, and we're great songwriting partners, and mm. are, it's just electric. And so it was became that's like awesome. that's our playground for our self expression. And and now we look up and we talk to other. We're we're you know we're talking about parenthood. We're talking to other musicians our age with kids, and say, hey, how do you do that? How are you doing it? How are you doing it? You know, there's even um, the last music festival, um, Shakori Hills Grassroots Festival we played in North Carolina. There was like a morning parents empowerment meeting. It was like tools for survival mm. for kids at the festival. And I thought, how cool, yes. like parents are gathering and being like, hey, how can we thrive here with our kids? You know, yes. like let's bring those conversations. Not like why does my life suck because I have kids and what do I do about it? It's like, how can I thrive Yes. while being a dad and pursuing it. what I love, you know, how could I give my partner space to do that and ask for it myself, you know, cause yes. everyone wants your part. No one wants your part. You know, no one, it's not fun to have a miserable partner at home. <laughs> and if you're 20, you probably, I don't know if you were already fighting your life partner, but I was falling hard by 20. So maybe this applies me, me, to me too, you. man. I'm there too. <laughs> But if not, just like go have fun. That is like tip number I two, that. I would say. Just have fun. Enjoy I yourself right now. My, you know, even in your 40s, my mom's like said she's still growing up. She's about to turn 80. So like <laughs> yeah, you don't ever sure. have to grow up. That's another thing, you know. So I hope take, the older take I take what you love here and leave the rest. I love that. I was going to say, I hope I get younger as I get older. You yeah, know? I, I hope that's how it works. It's certainly what I see in you and you and your wife, the life that you're living right now and how you support each other's creativity and that, that quality time. Cause if that that's real quality time. Like it's not just, you're watching the movie, which is still nice. You're creating something together. You're expressing together. You're supporting each other together. Mm. And um, it's certainly inspiring for me and my relationship. So thank you for being a role model for me. And uh, I want to just um, say one more time, um, in case anyone wants to get connected with you in your work, you have the retreat coming up in January, mm -hmm. um, which, by the way, for anyone who hasn't been to a retreat like that, you're going to learn the guitar and you're going to have the meditation and yoga experience and reconnect with yourself. But from my experience, you can also, you're also learn gonna... to surf. What's that? You could also learn to surf. So yeah, I'm also and an avid surf. surfer I now, that piece. this boy from and, Tennessee. And learn to surf. I also what, surf. Yeah. 
but not only that, you're also going to connect with a group of people. And for me, mm. that's been some of the most healing experiences of my life. Mm. Regardless of what the retreat has been about, it's been the, the connection and the yeah. relationships and the bond that's built that can be extremely healing. That's um, so you have the yeah. retreat in January and then you have a 21 day challenge coming up. It was November just launched 1st. Right? Yeah, that comes up. It's well, you can buy it now, but we start, it start. It's live. It starts November 1st. It's twenty one dollars. Okay. Okay. So the link is up. It's in my um, Instagram bio. It's the first thing on there. It's called the 21 yep. day integrity tune up. And that's you nice. literally get like empowered as much as you want. And there's it's recorded too. So you come with us live in the morning, hang out with us or listen later. And um, and then uh, I also have my lion's den, which is my men's group that I lead every single Monday. I love that. Um, I have a Monday afternoon and a Monday evening group to support men who work whether at home during the day or at night. And we, I have as many groups as we need to, but they're all facilitated by me and yes. they're all under 10 guys and they're an intimate safe space where we practice allowing men to be as vulnerable as they need or want to. And also empowered and held accountable to be an, who you say you are and who you want to be in the world. And mm. I also lead meditations there too, so that we also practice. I teach meditations so that we're practicing our own healing. Cause we're, I really believe we're all healers and yes. especially, you know, it started in my twenties too, like starting to listen to my own light, my own wisdom and, and nurture, sit with myself, practice being with myself, practice being with my feelings, practice just, listening to my heartbeat um the more you get to know your body too the the more you can really thrive because you can build a body for whatever you want in your life it's all related you know we're, we're in relationship with everything so if we start with ourselves anything's possible it's beautiful um and if they want to get connected where do they go to find you uh, the probably the easiest place is to shoot me a message on instagram um cool. ben curtis official also, my website is bencurtis.co. Any of those places, there's there's plenty of opportunities. There's like all these different, I just make try to make it as easy as possible to like get on the phone with me because I'm really <laughs> yes. down to talk to anyone if you're interested in, um, in getting serious about your self-care because that can mean getting the job you know you need to get. That could mean eating better. That could mean how you treat yourself. That could mean your relationships um, that could mean being creative, right? All of that. I believe self-care is success and vice versa. So, and even what you call success oh. is, is whatever it means to you. You know, if you're just having fun and doing what you love, that's it. I'm writing that down right now, by the way, I believe self-care is success and vice versa. I love yeah. that. I love that. It's beautiful. Um, thank you again so much, Ben, for taking the time. It's been wonderful to, to, to connect with you and to, to feel your energy. And um, yeah, just thank, thank you very much for your time. It's, I feel a little bit emotional because it's, it really truly inspires me um, mm. how you're showing up and um, the thank stories you. that you've shared today. So thank you very much. Well, come join us for any and all of these things. I would love to see you in one of these spaces and, uh, and you're always welcome. Um, and I really appreciate the voice you are for men and especially any men who are listening. If you're still listening at this point. 
Yes, good for you. Celebrate yourself <laughs> yes, <true. laughs> for taking time to actually think about your self-care because this is all for you. I mean, we're having a lot of fun, but this is really to bring value to yes. your life. So yes. if you're here taking that value and applying this, even if you just hear this and it goes in one ear and out the other, you showed up today. So acknowledge yourself mm. and get curious. Where can you up-level your self-care and how can you have more fun in your life? Love that. Yeah. Beautiful space to end. Keep it simple. <laughs> thank you, everybody, for watching. Thank you for tuning in. And um, we'll see you on the next one. Yeah, thank you. That's it. That's a wrap. Thank you for watching or listening to this podcast episode. I hope it was valuable for you because I make these for you. I make these for people that want to transform their life to the next level and hopefully change the culture of masculinity at the same time. If you'd like to learn more about me and my work, you can check the description below and be sure to subscribe to my channel so you don't miss any updates on the next episode that I will release. Thank you so much for watching and until next time, live a life that's true to you.